Yeah, we're good. Good, we're going. Yeah. No idea if anyone is going to watch this or not, but this is what it looks like on a weekly basis. Wow, <laughs> yes. that looks like motor oil. That's a duck beer. <laughs> I'm already regretting that. So, welcome to Barstool Politics, and if you are listening to us, you can also go to Facebook at some point, the Facebook page, and watch us. So, I just got our first comment. My close friend, uh, Avi, said, you suck at setting this up, it's painful to watch. <laughs> We're going to get better, we promise. First time. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, we actually have Phil here with us. I'm here. In studio. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's way, Skype way better than Skype. Yeah. yeah. Speaker. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and we say it every week, it's a, <laughs> it's a crazy friggin' week. We were, we were saying beforehand that, so normally we tape on Wednesday, and it was actually fortuitous that we waited until Friday, yeah. because so many other things have happened in just the last mm. two days. The last 48 hours have been crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Syria. we got to talk a lot about Syria. Uh, talk about the Gorsuch. Uh, the Jared Kushner, Steve Bannon battle royale. Uh, and in many ways, the, you know, the, there's a huge interaction between Trump and the president of China going on right now, a summit. But that's not even big news, because no, all these cares. other stories are, are more significant. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dive into Syria. We got to start with Syria. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's been not even 24 hours since the strike. Yeah. Correct? Right. Uh, 59 Tomahawk missiles took out a Air That's Force a runway. Tomah- a lot out. of Tomahawk missiles. Yes. Uh, a runway which apparently as of this afternoon they were, uh, you said they were backing up. They were using it. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so I've seen I've seen various reports. I've seen some reports that said basically not much damage. I saw some reports that said a number of Syrian jets were taken out. I saw another report that said like a dozen people were killed. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's all over the place. I saw one report that there were like nine or ten civilians killed. Which mm. that I can't imagine that there were civilians but, hanging around a military be, installation. So I mean, this is the weird thing about it is that we we gave a warning, right? Yeah, <laughs> so because we called Russia. because we are it would be terrible if we accidentally shot you know if we if we blew up a Russian yeah. you know installment or whatever. So we called Russia to tell them, hey, we're going to blow up this But You know that Russia then called, told their Syrian allies this is coming. So if I'm Assad, like, what a great way. Like, round up some innocent people and put them there so that they get killed. And then you, like, change the whole narrative of, like, yeah. you're accusing us of killing innocent people, but right. the U.S. just did it. So I, we don't know if that, I mean, I don't know if that no. actually happened. But yeah. That's, like, my demented mind. That's what I think <laughs> of, right? That's what I would do. Well, and the, the, the tensions that are now... Clearly, or the, the broken relationship between the United States and Russia, so that that was going sour. But this clearly broke it, and there were the we were talking earlier about the back channels that the United States and Russia had to avoid some type of uh, military confrontation or in just Syria. mid-air collision, just yes. to keep planes from crashing right. into each other. Those have now apparently been severed. Yeah. Uh, this is this is uh, the prospects of an interaction or something going wrong between the United States and Russia. Have, dramatically increased so i mean what do you think about the efficacy of the strike itself i'm so torn on it (laughs) uh on on one level when you think about you know the idea of there's a norm of never using chemical weapons and when a state violates that fundamental international norm there should be some reprisal some punishment for doing that so on some level like this is great it makes sense there should be a a consequence there's been so much criticism of the obama administration for failing to do so in 2013 so on one level i'm like great but there are so many other problems when you start diving a little deeper so, so it's i'm the same way i've been all day i've gone back and forth mm-hmm. on whether this was a good thing or a bad thing should we talk about like the what if we do like talk about the positives of this like yeah, what was good about this good. and then we <laughs> go back we'll talk about the terrible yeah. stuff so yeah i'm kind of with you like i I am I'm reluctant to get further involved in Syria. At the same time, I'm also appalled at everything that's going on. So, in some ways, it's it's appealing to me this this action, which is we made a statement, we did something, but it was also a careful, targeted strike. It's not you know it 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 allows us to make a statement without necessarily escalating stuff. It's yeah. almost like a reprisal. You do this, yeah. we're going to make you pay a limited, you know, small, you know, price. Yeah. And just know that if you do this again in the future, this is the price you pay. So it, at least it's something, right? At minimum, some uh, symbolic act to say we do not agree 
with the use of chemical weapons, right? right. Something was done, other than a finger shaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's no red line drawn this time. No, although Trump <laughs> did say, like, this crossed many, 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 many lines. lines. Many, many lines. So, but, so many lines. And then, then you wonder whether, when he said that, he'd spent so much time criticizing Obama about failing to act upon crossing red lines he was he was stuck. You knew right. that they had to do something. So, yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine why you wouldn't. Like, if realistically, if you have the capability to do something like this, and when I saw the reports and then the footage that came out this morning from Russian drones or whatever about the the damage that was done, yeah. they should have that thing should have been a crater. Like, it, it, there was it looked like there was almost no damage. It's it, there strange. was some you know burnt out fires. The runways were completely intact, and they were showing. Uh, jet fighters on the ground that were intact. Yeah. It, I mean, if it was me and you had, clearly you have the capability to do this on a sustained, regular basis and do it effectively. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you wouldn't do more than this and right. just completely obliterate that thing off the map. It it really is sort of the minimum that you could do. Yeah. Beyond doing nothing, right? right so if yeah. you're going to do something, it's hard to imagine do it other than using 50 yeah. tomahawks right. instead of 59. It's right. hard to imagine doing less. Mm-hmm. And that's been what. So I mean, now that yeah. we've gone through the positives, yeah. <laughs> well, in some ways, to build up what you said, there's a point to making it so minimal, right? Because yes. if you, they don't want to go to war with Syria. No, the United States does not or want to Russia. go to war with Russia right, for sure. And so anything beyond this more token demonstration effect potentially draws you into that. Right. So you don't want to escalate, right? I mean, you so, could take out all of their military, all of them, all of their, their air force, but then that becomes the, it becomes mission creep. So it, here's my, there, here's the, so flipping over to, I don't, I don't know if these are like the bad things. These are the concerns that come up with me, right? So I, you, I, you were talking about, it's like not a red, it's not Obama's red line. So Obama, you know, famously drew a red line, the chemical weapons would bring U.S. intervention, yeah. and then we did nothing. Right. Or we didn't do nothing. We just we did. We did nothing militarily. Right. <laughs> I could say that. Well, it, it, um, but yeah. but this in my mind has the potential to be not necessarily worse if we back it up. But it's 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 as much of a red line. It's, we haven't said there's a red line. But what we've done is essentially establish mm-hmm. a precedent of if you use chemical weapons, we will strike you. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, if Assad does it again, we are faced with either getting further involved in this conflict or then backing down again and saying, yeah, we didn't really mean it, right? So it's... Or continuing with this type of attack, right? right. There's the one out, okay, you use right. chemical weapons, we respond with a, an air attack. But, but I, I get the sense that there's a reluctance to go beyond that. That they... Yeah. I mean, the Trump, throughout for the last couple of years, has made it clear that he does not want the United States into Syria. So this was a big shift for him. It was, it was the little babies. It name. was the babies. The babies. The, babies. the beautiful, beautiful babies. babies. You heard them. There was... I think Trump got a lot right on Syria. Yep. But the way he talked about it when he kept referencing the little babies, it just it just didn't, didn't come so, so just, you just can't listen to him talk. You just, <laughs> so, just take the talking out of it. Can we do the I, I wanna be critical of the Trump stuff, but I this is the quote of the day, right? What does that, that say? We get a question? That's that's my wife. She's saying oh, uh, she's right. um, Hi Kelly <laughs> <laughs> The quote of the day is, so in the lead up to all this, so this was after the chemical weapons happened when the pictures started coming out. They asked, and the pictures, I mean, they were ter- they were terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, they were awful, oh, painful yeah. pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Trump's response. Quote, I think what happened in Syria is a disgrace to humanity, and he's there, and I guess he's running things, so I guess <laughs> something should happen. <laughs> That is the type of really thought through yeah. strategic okay. mindset that we're all like. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's think about. It. So the, this act was carried out, and so the United States has done something, right? So there was this chemical weapon use. The United States respond. Does that act change Assad's thinking at all? So does it does it change his thinking in terms of approaching the civil war or even the use of chemical weapons again? Does right. does he say? Well, I don't want to do this again because he might blow up a small section of another runway. Right? I don't know if this changes his thinking. I don't necessarily think it does because we gave him so much advance notice. Right, right. We gave we gave Russia what? I mean, it had to be five, six hours notice, something like that. I haven't heard the time frame. I thought, I, I'd be curious. I thought I had I thought I had read that it was an hour. Was it? That's more than enough time to yeah. get people out. So maybe next Please time jets, jets take off yeah. quick. <laughs> Yeah. Next time, no warning. <laughs> well, realistically, I, I mean, if you're going to continually talk about 
you know, we shouldn't be telling our enemies our military strategy. Just bomb the shit out of them. Yeah. I mean, and Russia's going to talk about how we're violating international law and attacking yeah. a sovereign nation. Are you really fucking yeah. going to... That's the leg you're standing on? Well, Phil, you were saying that you were talking earlier about how many states had supported the action. It was it was yeah, overwhelming. Quite, I was surprised at the international response. Yeah, yeah. much of Europe uh, and Saudi Arabia, yeah. other than maybe Russia, Iran, Iran. and yeah, Russia and Bolivia, I think, yeah. were critical. But everybody else was like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, this needs to be." <laughs> but I mean, this is the this is the the dilemma is that we talk tough about Syria, but yeah. we're also not willing to do anything. Yeah, right. Like nobody's willing to so. It's this, like, you know, shit or get off the pot yeah. sort of thing. Like, we've been talking for years about this is unacceptable, but we're not actually willing to... Like, it seems like we either have to really say, this is appalling, yeah. and we're going to do something about it, which is going to war, but nobody wants to do that, right? And if we're not willing to do that, then quit yeah. quit kind of sticking our finger into it just a little enough to get us involved without actually being willing to follow through on anything. What we really said is, don't use chemical weapons. That's it, right? I mean, you can continue Everything to else is fine. right. Remember, you can continue. You can bomb civilians. You can carry out conventional attacks. You can uh, you can cause millions of refugees. You know, half a million people have died in this conflict. That's the U.S. doesn't right. want to intervene in that. It's mm -hmm. just like chemical weapons. Uh. -uh. And and that is. I mean, you and I were talking earlier mm -hmm. today. The other thing. I mean, this is not new. It, it's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. This is not the first chemical attack. This is not the first attack on civilians. This has been going on for what six, six years, years. Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And this, I don't know. I mean, to me, that there's a frustration in that, in that people have been dying, and you know, it's like we the thing we talked about was the the little yeah. boy who washed up on the beach in mm -hmm. Italy or whatever a, a year or two ago, and it brought all this public attention, and then everybody went back to their lives and yeah. moved on. And I kind of feel like that's like I don't know that Americans actually care enough I, I to mean, do anything. I mean, I cannot foresee a scenario where sending in ground troops, significant amounts of ground troops, would be effective or would gain any sort mm -hmm. of domestic popularity. I can see, and especially in that region, we have the capabilities and the, the manpower to continually destroy every military installation that they have to where they don't mm -hmm. have the capacity to... Right. do this anymore like i, I it, we, we, it and it's That's what bugged it me yeah. yeah it's bugged me for the past six years especially under obama when yeah there was nothing being done whatsoever we have so much military capacity in that region it would be so easy to target like all you got to do is target runways and fuel mm -hmm. depots right. and you're done here's the question though what is the goal of that so if the goal is to prevent Another chemical attack. Attack. I think you can do that. You're right. You can say we're going to take out the air force. We're going to hit the runways. They shouldn't have chemical weapons because they said they got rid of right. Right. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's on Russia. Russia lied. On Russia. <laughs> Susan Rice. Thank you. And so, so, okay. So, at what point does it? Is the mission to just eliminate chemical weapons and their ability to use chemical weapons? And when does it become? It's time to remove Assad because right. Trump has been pretty clear the administration as a whole that they don't see their role as re, you know getting rid of that regime they just want to go after isis mm -hmm. and they want to stop the chemical weapons and that's a that's a much more restrained action and i don't know if i think assad knows that if i'm assad i look at this and say okay maybe i don't use chemical weapons but the trump administration also <clears> tipped <throat> their hand to say you know we're not gonna we don't want to go too far that's i, I well and this is that's the other dilemma is when you start doing that when you uncork the bottle of war, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't... What it, could possibly be worse than what's going on right now? No, I'm not saying... I, no, I, it's terrible. But I'm talking about, like, you were saying, like, when you start... We should do something and start striking air bases. Mm -hmm. But when you start striking air bases, this is where Obama was maybe too cautious mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. his fear of how that might unravel into other things, right? Yeah. So when you start striking military bases and you know there's the chance for things to go wrong or to get yeah. involved with Russia Absolutely. or for things to explode and so I think maybe Obama was too cautious on that I don't tend to like personally think that yeah. but I can see where other people think that but the, the fear for me on the other end is that Trump isn't cautious enough like Trump hasn't thought through no. any of that the, no. the implications or what might happen if something went wrong or a missile goes stray or we accidentally hit a Russian or Russia put somebody there to get hit mm -hmm. or you know or like what comes next that was the thing that stopped Obama is what next right that was mm -hmm. 
my understanding was that all these proposals, the question was, what next? Yeah. Give a shit in Libya. So, well, and the other thing, to, I mean, I think to your, to your question, Nick, <laughs> if, you, if they, right now, Syria is just a terrible thing for the world and mm-hmm. for Syria, but it's not America's problem. If we start bombing and take out Assad, it becomes a, the United States problem, right? So it becomes Iraq and your nation building again. And Trump doesn't want anything to do with that. And so I, I think that's why they would be reluctant. And I, I, not just Trump, because I think you're right, Phil. Trump doesn't think much about this. But McMaster, uh, Tillerson, all those guys. Maybe not Tillerson. Uh, who's the defense? Uh, Mattis. I don't think anybody's even told Tillerson yet that we did these strikes. <laughs> he's finding out by reading the paper. wake him up. He's, yeah, he's taking a lot of naps. So I, you know, I, I think the, it's a, it shifts from a, a global problem to a U.S. problem if it, it pushes too far. Well, I mean, realistically, like... Look at geopolitics in in the past, let's say three years or so. Pretty much everything that's been a major concern for all of Europe and the U.S., especially during the election, is directly related somehow to Syria and the uh, destabilization of that region. Yeah. And our policy on that was, we're not going to do anything about it. So... Like we I, we got to do something. We have to do, or do something. We, do we go after ISIS? Do we remove Assad? All of those, right? That yes. Uh, I think the Trump administration. Well, what they've been doing is slowly increasing troop numbers to go after ISIS. Right. But making it very clear that they're they're happy with Assad staying in power. And maybe this maybe this attack changes that calculation. He's a bad bad man. He is. He is. But yeah. if you take him out of power, then you like create a vacuum for ISIS. And, like there's so many variables at play. Well, think about how many groups. In Syria, would be vying for power. The Kurds. I mean, there's there's right. 15 different opposition groups. Right. Yeah, which I, I mean, I Saddam Hussein was a bad bad guy. Right? He was yeah. a bad, bad man too. So yes. yeah. but I think the thought was that, similar to Saddam in Iraq, you know, he's a piece of shit. He kind of keeps things in order a little mm-hmm. bit. Assad. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, or Saddam. Saddam. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think the thought going into this administration and a little bit, you know, yeah. into the, the previous administration was, okay, cede a little bit of yeah. control on this and stabilize it, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's got to be better than what's going on right now. Yeah. And I don't know if Assad is just so dumb that he didn't see the writing on the wall and that he, he, had, won, he had won the war. Yeah. He was done. We weren't going to do anything. All he had to do was not gas his own people. And you wonder why, right? Why would Assad do this? Was it was it a mistake? Was it some somebody within the administration, the Assad administration, who thought let's just do this? Because you're right, suddenly it brings the United States back in. Some have suggested that it was a test, like they wanted to see what the U.S. would do. Sure, I find that light less compelling, but I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I, I mean, the story is just so flimsy. You know, we were. Tar- targeting a, a rebel, whatever, weapons factory or something. It happened to have right. chemical weapons, which sarin gas doesn't even work like that. It would have dispersed and yeah. completely so, been destroyed anyways. But well, and we're going into physics and chemistry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I saw, I haven't read the story, but I saw a headline that was saying that we're uh, investigating whether Russia was involved in this as well. So that, um, either I, involved in the bombing or involved in bombing the hospital afterwards right. to cover up just terrible. the evidence right. of the yeah. chemical weapon use. Right, this, this chemical weapon was used, let's bomb it so you can't tell that it was, yeah, right. it was done so, there. I, 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 and with the airbase itself, clearly they had advanced notice, which means that they were able to tell the Syrians at that airbase to mm-hmm. get their equipment out, which means that they had some sort of presence there most likely mm-hmm. and that's where those attacks came from in the first place right right well that's another example of how we like say we want this to end but not really yeah. willing like if it's really awful and we want it to end then it means confronting russia right sure, if, yeah. if it is truly an evil that has to be done something about then like it shouldn't be that it's an evil and we'll do something about it if it's assad doing it but if it's right. russia doing it then hmm, gotta, it's not that evil right, right? And I think the other part that I want to, like, there's, a, there's something very American about the notion that we have to do something, mm-hmm. and the category of doing things is yes. only military, right? Like, yeah. we can, there's, there's something to say that something has to be done, and maybe that involve, like, involves, I don't know, not telling these children who are getting, you know, sarin gas that they can't come to the United <laughs> right. States, right? right. Like, That's another, yeah. <laughs> there's, there, are, yeah. You, there are things you can do to help the people who are being destroyed by the Syrian government that don't involve necessarily shooting 
sure. missiles at Syria. Yeah, and I didn't see if if, if they have, if, the, if they had a press conference today. But Spicer, this is going to be a tough position. I'm sure like the first reporters are going to ask, okay, so you you care about the babies, the beautiful babies in Syria? Why can't the beautiful babies? That would be right. my question. Why can't the beautiful babies come because, to the United States? Right. I don't like because they're, they're they're beautiful, Nick. They're beautiful babies. I'm not Nick. saying they're not beautiful. <laughs> there there is a there is a logical problem in saying that. Syrians are so devious and terrible and tied to terror that they are not welcome in our country. But right. it is also awful that their own government is killing them. Right? right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. What I am disagreeing with is, realistically, it's a six-year civil war, and four hundred thousand people have died. Mm-hmm. Over five million have been displaced. Right. There needs to be some sort of immediate action to stem that flow. Like that's regardless of what you're telling yeah. the Syrians, you can't come here. Western Europe doesn't want you anymore. So let's fix the problem at the source. This wouldn't be happening yeah. if we had taken steps prior to this. I, I think there's there's some that is a fair statement. It might I should, I think you could say it might not be happening if we had taken yes yeah um, we had we certainly had more options earlier Correct. right like yeah. we've. We've uh, it's only gotten worse as time has right. gone on. But that's a but, very globalist statement, right? The idea that the United States and the, the global community has, bears some responsibility to confront this, right? Well, and this is the thing like, of we do one small action militarily in this mm-hmm. region, and the rest of the world is they're they're oh, happy about it. They right. love it. Oh, because do, do more. they didn't have to do it, right? And we're the ones that continuously do that stuff, and that's fine. I don't like us being the world police any more than anybody right. else, but nobody else is going to do it. Yeah, there's a bunch of comments here. What's going on? Yeah, we do. What are they saying? Uh, so the the real the questions. So Walker Jamar, who's um, he's I know Walker. He's Kelly's cousin. How far do you think the U.S. would have to go to see a nonverbal response from Russia, and what would that response look like? So like, what's it going to take for Russia to push back, basically? I was telling Phil earlier, my students today were asking whether Russia did this, whether Assad did this as a way of bringing the United States and Russia into more direct confrontation, which I don't think... I don't think that's the case for Russia. It's not that smart. That's like Donald Trump strategy. (laughs) (laughs) But it is the prospect of... Well, first of all, the relationship with the United States, which, uh, you know, Trump and Putin wanted to be BFFs, that's not going to happen. And now it appears to be quickly devolving into enemies, which is is not good for either party, you know, at all. So one one of the takes I saw on it suggested that, uh, like, their interpretation of Putin's response was essentially to tell Assad, you got to take this, right? Like, this lets, like, the international community blow off some steam and feel like they've done something. And Russia's going to immediately replace any lost... You know, yeah. jets, any sort of military equipment. Like, right. it's gonna, there's gonna be no long term impact other than like catharsis for the international community to feel better about doing something. That's it's almost, it almost makes it a win win win. So, Trump gets credit for doing something, mm-hmm. for reinforcing yeah. this global norm, for being, you know, for being a, a significant actor. Uh, Russia gets what it wants, right? They can say, hey, Syria, you know, you're still gonna be here. This and, is, a, yeah. And gets to make the public international statement that the U.S has committed yes. a, a war crime by violating the sovereignty of another country. They're sure. the aggressor. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not a terrible destruction for Assad, right? I mean, it'll be, like you said, it'll be reinforced by Russia. This, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. It is. You know, the other, the other thing I, I was kind of an interesting contrast this week is so Trump was criticizing Assad for being a bad, bad, bad guy. Uh, yet he's hanging out with Sisi, the dictator from Egypt, who he praising loves. Him. I know. Praising him. <laughs> they really, when you look at them in the yellow chairs, it was such a different interaction than with Merkel, right? I mean, they just, yeah. you could tell they were two kindred spirits. <laughs> and now he's hanging out with the president of China, and we're not hearing much of how that's going, but just I'm guessing that right uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's been a, a good interaction, those two. I think both both administrations want to make this work, so it's uh, there's been a lot of dictators this week. So I, I don't, we haven't answered the question of what it would take for Russia to respond in some way other than being critical. I mean, Russia doesn't want war either, no, right? So no. this is this is like a classic game of chicken. Like they both feel everybody feels like they have to look strong. Well, yeah, not but that nobody f- wants to. They want to push the limits, but right. Not too I, I far. mean, they were even smart enough after the chemical attack to go. Our um, support of the Syrian regime uh, isn't unconditional. So they're, I mean, they know that right. someone fucked up, regardless if it right. was Assad or someone in the regime or, you know, if it was a, a, a random terrorist act or something like that. I, I, they're not dumb. 
Yeah. They may be overly aggressive, obviously, right. but they're certainly not dumb. I, I don't know if there would be a situation where they would be willing to risk that. I don't think so. What would they gain from something like that? Nothing. Russia doesn't gain anything. The United States doesn't gain anything. Uh, I think both sides will would stop well short of that. Right. Uh, so if the U.S. like so, let's say the U.S. ups. You know, this is like the, the the mark of a new form of policy, right? Yeah. So Trump, now I don't know if that's the case. One of the critiques of this is that even if you agree with what's done, one of the concerns is that there was a 180 degree turn in policy from the Trump administration yeah. overnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was not any deliberation, any discussion, no going to Congress, no going to allies, none of that. Yeah. So you that could be concerning, even if you like the yeah. outcome. But it, let's assume it is some sort of new policy in which we're kind of stepping up our game. Well, I mean, and and. Accidents happen, right? Right, <laughs> like, right. I mean, what happens if we, if a U.S. jet and a, or a U, you know, I don't, yeah, if we've US seen jets, Top Gun, we're going to win that. Okay? <laughs> we flip over, right? Give, shoot the bird, and everyone's happy, and it falls over. Yeah, I don't like. You send in Michael Flynn, and he solves everything, right? <laughs> right. He's the one guy that goes, to, you know, he can connect to both administrations. He's fluent Russian. Right. Yeah. Right. They call him Uncle Mike over there. Well, and it, so up until this point, Trump has not had a real foreign policy test. All the problems that he right. he's brought on themselves. This is the first one that came to him. Yeah. And I, I, to his credit, I think he handled it fairly well. Yep. Uh, now, the next test will be what comes over the next week or two, right? Because Syria is not going to go away. Nope. And yeah, there's the, he's starting down a road that's going to have a lot more complicated problems on it. Mm-hmm. it yeah. It's hard for me to even wrap my head around what that would look like yeah. if, if something went wrong in the U.S. and Russia came into some sort of conflict. Yeah. In previous administrations I could imagine that being like talked through in ways that I don't I just, it's just hard for me to predict how Trump would respond in a crisis like that. Right. He's not one that I don't know. Is he one that backs down? He backs He's, down bizarrely on lots of things. It doesn't back down on others and he, I can't find any sort of consistent thread. He, well, like, to it. Even this, like I'll give him credit that this was this was a pretty good response, but the the level of response wasn't equivalent to his talk. He he's he's yeah. a big talker. Yeah. yeah. But I mean this is you know It's a slap on the wrist. It's a slap yeah, on the from wrist a military at best, Considering yeah. they were flying jets out of there yeah, right. what, a few hours after the strike took place. Right. But it's a win internationally. Everybody says great America do does something. Right. It's a win domestically because both Democrats and Republicans are like, great job, you were mm. presidential. Chuck yeah, Schumer. The Democrats yeah. sold over for oh, <laughs> Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. For a party that's supposed to or has a history of being anti-war, like, yeah. you send up some Tomahawk missiles and the Democrats are like, God bless America. Ooh, America. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, is it, you're, you're saying it's a win, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think in the short frame, short term, it is, but... Mm. We're we like waded further hard. into it's the morass, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, is it? it I, it could be a win, or ten years from now, we could be looking back on this as like a, just the beginning of a, you know, yeah, a morass that we've waded into that we can't get out of. I say targeted assassinations. So let's just clear the field, <laughs> right. just get completely it. sanctioned, and we'd never have to worry about this again. We, the other <laughs> interesting thing about all of this is that the the far right. Trump supporters are up in arms. They're yep. livid. Even today, you saw some comments like, "I'm no longer no longer on the Trump train." They're angry that the administration went this direction, uh, which makes me think that maybe that's why it was such a good idea, right? If if if, if Breitbart is angry, <laughs> if Infowars so, is thinking yeah. this is a bad call, maybe well, this, this false is, flag operation. Why, right? Yeah. Why are they so angry? The is far it, right? Yeah, is it because Trump had talked for years about not wanting to get to dress? So is it know, the internationalism? They don't want to be. It's, right, they want right. isolation. It, well, it's yeah. They don't want all the world's problems to fall on the United States. Uh, they look at the example. I mean, in some ways, going all the way back to Vietnam, that quagmire. Uh, they go. They think about the Iraq War. Turn your phone off. I can't read the comments. I was trying to read the comments. I didn't expect it to start talking. Right. Oh, we're getting more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, here, I'll, go. I'll read the next question. So, it, uh, Chris is wondering. Is there any parallel here with the Cold War and that two large political powers, the same ones, are using similar states to push their political ideas? We already talked about Top Gun. Yeah, the the Cold War dynamic, 
I mean, I, I love studying the Cold War, and I think there's a desire among those of us that do that. They want to want to have another Cold War to study. I just don't think it's the same. I, so I, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think the difference in some way is that in the Cold War, there were these, it was the, this massive battle of these big ideologies, and like, yeah. world struck, and this, this, this feels like a pissing contest, right? Yeah. Like, yes. it's about, like, power, and about who's going to tell who what to do, and... Who's going to be dominant in the region? Which, but I mean, that's terrible. It's maybe it's, scarier it's, than the Cold War. Yeah, aspect. it's a pissing contest where again, four hundred thousand people have been killed. Right, and yeah, I, to some degree, like I, I don't necessarily disagree with, you know, the the thought that the Cold War was. I don't know. Like you just relate more to it. Like yeah. I, 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 it was a simpler. We time, wouldn't be right? having this conversation. <laughs> no. But it was well, not that we would ever want to go back to something like that. But it's so just fractured and complex, and yeah, I, I, I you don't know what side to even kind of root for. Right. When you think about Syria, you've got a civil war playing out where the Assad regime is bad. There are some like good opposition groups, but there are more bad opposi- opposition groups linked with al-Qaeda or other terrorist organizations. And that's not even talking about ISIS, right? So right. all of that is playing out in Syria. Right. And it's not surprising why the Obama administration looked at that and said, we don't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. And I think the Trump administration may ultimately get to that point uh, other than wanting to go after ISIS. Mm-hmm. If, any, if anything, the proxy war that's going on is, in my mind, more of a proxy war between Iran and Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. yeah. all these other regional yeah. powers mm-hmm. who have more sort of ideological and sort of political stuff. to And, and yeah. Putin's just, like, self-interested, right? Like, yes. Assad, there's benefits to him. He has, you know, a warm water port. Like, there's, you know, things that he doesn't want to give up there. And, yeah, I, I, I think... Assad's got, I'm sorry, uh, Putin's got more to lose in Syria than the United States. For sure. The United States has no real strategic interest other than and, global stability. And and world leadership, yeah. right? Like, if, right. You, if you think that the U.S. needs to claim the mantle of world leadership, then yeah. that it's, an important to, it's important to make these sort of stands. But again, we're the only ones, that, we're the only ones making this stand, right? Right, like, right. Should we uh, transition? Is there more Syria? We could, or? we could talk Syria all day. Yeah, There's so much so, stuff. It is. It just, yeah. It's so hard. I but we got a new Supreme Court more. justice. How far are we in? How long have we been Half going? an hour. Half hour. Half hour on Syria. More Syria? Dumb. I, I don't know. We so here, let me ask you. Yeah. So Nick, you have sort of scoffed at Russia's claim that we have violated international law or that we've started a war or whatever. Yeah. So my response to that or my take on it is that it's totally hypocritical and like, you know, Putin's full of shit to point fingers like this. Sure. But he's not wrong. Oh, no, I'm not okay. saying he's wrong. I'm saying it's hypocritical. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people respond with, like, we, you know, we've started war, and other people are like, what, this isn't war. But I don't know, if other if you're, like, attacking a foreign country's military in their own country seems like as close, a, as clear an act of war as you can get, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if, if Syria launched 59... <laughs> Tomahawk missiles into the U.S., we wouldn't go, oh, it's just a strike. Right. They got it out of their system. Those are fighting missiles. <laughs> yeah. right? But, I, I mean, like, I, 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 I know it's wrong, and, but, I mean, at the same time, you go, I don't even know if it's a sovereign nation at this point. It's just a quagmire of fucking bullshit. Like, it doesn't have mm-hmm. a real governmental structure. doesn't have an economy. No. It's major... Um, Urban areas are completely destroyed. It's rampant with with terrorist groups and yep. you know uh, uh, proxy influences and whatnot. Like I, if, yep. if there's any argument to be made that it's not necessarily in violation of international law and norms, I think that's the argument to go with. Someone I, no, I has agree. to do something. Well, in there you can make a all sort. You can make we're not we shouldn't get bogged down in like international law stuff, but you could also make the argument that. Uh, yeah, if nothing else, responsibility to protect, and like you can't like yeah. basically brutally massacre your own citizens right. and expect to be protected by international law. Right. So there's competing um, law here, competing norms, yeah. right? The the chemical weapons versus intervention. Yeah. The other before we move on from it, I, I, the other thing that is interesting. So I did you see the clip with Brian Williams who was like quite it's like beautiful, it's just gorgeous. Like, <laughs> he's, did you say he's gorgeous? No, that's what he was taught. He was describing. What did he use like Leonard Cohen lyrics to describe so, the missile attack? Yeah. Really, and like talking about the beauty of the missiles and just sort of like being poetic about how he's lovely and lost his fucking mind. That's well, terrible. <laughs> but he's not the only one. Like, I, there's this aspect. 
it just kind of makes you feel good. It does. Like, well, it does. <laughs> it does. But I think I, I wonder, as Americans, like we've become so mm. numb to war, right? Yeah. Like we don't we don't deal with the consequences of war, right? Yeah. Like we send our military off to other parts of the world and do it, and so there's this weird like romance about war in the U in the U.S. that I don't think we really like wrap our head around. Well, it's the, the seriousness and the brutality and all the other like negative aspects of it. It's just like wave flags and hey, we fired tomahawk missiles are in particular like this thing that we're all like, yeah, tomahawks, right? Like, <laughs> it sounds cool, man. It does. It it's does. Way more romantic <clears throat> launching those missiles for sure than than being where those missiles land. Right. Uh, I didn't oh. see that. That's that's not good. Uh, I I don't know. What and this is. A, conversation that I have with myself among the many, many conversations that I have with myself um, about war and, and Americans uh, America's relation to that and understanding of it you look at Iraq and, and Afghanistan and to some extent Syria and whatever other conflicts we've been involved in and compare it to something like World War Two mm-hmm. or Vietnam or Korea or something like that and go while we've become numb to it, if we ever got to the scale that those other conflicts were at, where it's just droves and droves and yeah, droves right. of people dying and carpet bombing and, mm-hmm. you know, napalm and people on fire and right. just murdering entire villages, we would be up in arms again. Yeah. But it's, we've numbed ourselves because we've gotten so good and tactical at it and the, the strategy and the technology has changed so much. Yep that we don't see that. It's impersonal. Yeah, yeah, as much information as we have and as many reporters get embedded with the armed forces and whatnot, it's not the same. Um, And I don't really know where I was going with that. Well, and the political dynamics too, right? (laughs) I mean, that is easier to sell politically than a Vietnam or an Iraq where you're you're bogged down, bodies are coming back, right? This is, uh, missiles are an easy thing. Missiles and sanctions are an easy thing, but they don't tend to be very effective in changing behavior. Right. So I, I think this is a win for the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. They look good. I don't expect hardly any behavioral change out of Syria or Russia for that effect. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Move on. Yes. Sure. Do you have so, anything else here? Or is that, am I blind? No, we've I answered the questions that have popped up so Thanks far. for the question, Chris. Chris, always Chris. 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 Chris spills into his third Two beers. Uh, all right, so we should talk. Uh, we have a new Supreme Court justice, yep. Neil Gorsuch, As of this afternoon, right? Yes. Uh, speaking of war, this morning, yeah, yeah. Like going nuclear. Speaking of nuclear, right? Yeah, to get there. Uh, yesterday, the Senate did away uh, with the uh, sixty-vote requirement, uh, and now it's a simple majority, uh, breaking I don't know years and years and years. I don't know how far this goes back of Senate procedure to do so, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was a significant day. So, yeah, there's several angles that I feel like we should talk about on this, and almost none of them involve Gorsuch himself to me. I mean, we could talk about him, but, yeah. He's pretty boring. (laughs) I mean, he's a plagiarizer, but otherwise he's boring. Plagiarizer. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the... the, So, you know, this I think we all saw this coming, right? It was... was, This is where we were headed. Everyone was lamenting it, saying it was going to be awful, and it was the other side's fault, and... We're here, and so I guess the question is, does this matter? And I've seen arguments that say this is like, this is huge. This changes Senate. This changes the way government's going to work. This is like the final breaking of government. Yeah. I've seen other people who have said, who gives a shit? Like nothing's right. nothing really is different, right? Like, right. Um, and I don't. I I kind of go back and forth. Do you have a? First of all, both sides calm the fuck down. Yeah, it's, it's, neither, it's neither of those things. Um, I mean, this was a battle that was coming since the Obama administration when they changed the yeah, the yeah. rules for the lower courts. The lower courts, yeah. Um, at the same time, when you're talking about something like the Supreme Court, this does it does make it a more um, majority driven mm-hmm. engine. It's not you're not taking into account the significant dissension of the minority. Right. Uh, I, like as much as. You know, I want to say that the Democrats are being obstructive and you know shitty about it because of Merrick Garland. I, this uh, it's it's a big shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of that, 
they kind of brought it on themselves because they started this process. Right. right. Well, yeah. And, and the other, so I came out even. Right. <laughs> the other thing, I, I think it does lead to increased partisanship. Uh, I mean, but the Senate was heading that way anyhow, right? But, uh, go ahead. But right. the concern is that this this transfers that partisanship to the court more. So right. yeah. So right. the, the 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 thing is, there was the thought in the back of your head when you're nominating a Supreme Court justice up to this point mm -hmm. was that I have to have 60 votes, right? Which which leads to a different type of nominee sure. than if... So if, if you're Trump now and yeah. you need 50 votes and you've got 52 Republicans, you can nominate whoever you want. You can nominate as far right a justice as you want and it goes through. And that might sound appealing to Republicans, but it's going to flip at some point too, right? Mm -hmm. And so Democrats, if they want to, yeah. you know, if they want to put Karl Marx on the court, right, and they have control of the Senate, there's right. no, you, there's is no he, stopping it. Is he still alive? I think so. Oh. I think so. Okay. This is Karl with a C. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, no, <laughs> but no. So I mean, I think <laughs> Steve Sittler, I think. <laughs> so the yeah, I mean that that that's not insignificant, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and if that's the case, then. You start to see you have the seep of this sort of partisan right. rancor, if you want. That if that starts getting it, making it. I mean, the the court is partisan, right? Yeah. Like uh, the, yeah, there's sure. we all everybody likes to pretend that that's. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's Republican justices and Democratic yeah. justices and all of that. But yeah, I mean, this is one more check, and yeah. it was an informal check in a lot of ways, yeah. but it was not an insignificant one. Mm. Yeah. I had two reactions to this, and and one, I you know, super guest Suzanne, Doctor Suzanne Chad was very upset about this because she believes in the Senate and believes in the decorum of the Senate and felt like this is going to make the Senate much more like the House, right? And there's there's you there's utility in keeping those institutions distinct. Yep. Sure. Uh, I also think that this this one doesn't matter, right? So I mean, it, he's replacing you know, it's basically Gorsuch replaces Scalia. So you've got a conservative, and maybe a, a tad more conservative than Scalia, but basically the court stays where it is. Mm -hmm. It's the next post. So yeah. if right. if Ginsburg, if she doesn't live to 170 or whatever it is, you know, at some point she was already. Is she not? <laughs> her workout regimen is like crazy. <laughs> Phil, you couldn't do what Ginsburg. No, no. Did. I don't even know what her workout <laughs> regimen <laughs> is. I know that I couldn't do it. So, so let's say it's 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 her or one of the other liberal justices. Then this becomes interesting because now Trump gets to a point that and does he also does he go with another Gorsuch? Does he go way far to the right? In which right. case, a lot of standing precedent could be overturned. Right. Roe v. Wade and down. Then what happens to those more moderate Republican senators? Do they say? We're uncomfortable with this, right? So I, I think we're we're just starting to get a sense of what's going on, but it's motorcycle. Uh, but it's not till the next one that I think we really figure out how far and how partisan this has become. So, the, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 this is why it's important to win elections, That's right? My, Democrats <laughs> need to win an election. Yeah. yeah. So I, there, I listened to um, the Daily, which is a New York Times Daily yeah. podcast thing. Failing New York Times, yeah. And they were talking about this this morning, and the, the guest that they had on, and I don't remember who it was, basically made the argument that she she thought that this could be almost cathartic, right? Like that that mm. it's like we've been building up to this, like we've been the Democrats and the Republicans have been so pissed about this partisanship issue, yeah. particularly with the courts, for so long, <laughs> and they finally got it out of their system. Right? No, it's and, not out of their system. And, well, in the sense of she she argued or she thought that there was the chance that. Everybody really did believe that going nuclear was bad, yeah. even though they were all willing to do it, and that maybe eyes were opened in some way. That like people mm. are like senators are kind of like like okay, we've gotten past this. Like maybe we should like step back some. That seems awfully hopeful. It does. Yeah, that's a cute thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you yeah, see Mitch McConnell? The one point I would say that would counter that was Mitch McConnell, after this had all happened, came out, and they took so many pictures of him, but he had like his thumb up. He looked so pleased yes. that yes. this had happened. Yes. And it was just like, see, I told you I would do he's, it. We did it. As, uh, as long as he's in the Senate, that's going to be... If I were a Democratic yeah. senator, every time I looked at him, I'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. And so I don't I don't yeah. see how you, like, you can get over this when the same people... Right. Are there? It's another issue will come up, and it'll it'll shift back to that partisan angle. I think to your point, Democrats need to win elections uh, because there's there's I don't think there's an equivalence to what happened to Merrick Garland and what's happening here because the Democrats didn't have power; they couldn't get Garland through. Right? right. They didn't right. have enough seats. Mm -hmm. 
And now they could filibuster, but they didn't have enough power to right. prevent that, right? So you, right. you've got to have control of at least one branch of government if you want right. your agenda to go through. Yeah. And if not, you have to accept the fact that Republicans are going to push policy that they see as advantageous. And you have to accept that. Right. And, and this is where it's potentially short-sighted by Republicans yeah. in that if at some point in the future, Democrats are going to be in. And I, that's the, I don't know enough about the filibuster, but from the several articles that I've read, it, Republicans have used it far more often mm. in the past 20 years than Democrats. So it's to their advantage to get rid of it now, but yeah. at some point in the future, they might regret oh, sure. that. I don't... No, election, I mean, I there's going to be cycles. It'll move back and forth. Uh, yeah. The, the, wait, the next, when's the next time the Democrats are going to have the presidency and the Senate? Like 2070. <laughs> it's... It depends on how bad Trump is, right? I mean, he's the only one that could maybe get the Democrats back in power. Um, I, I'm, I mean, at this point, I don't even know if they have a good shot at the midterms. They, they have a really tough road in the Senate. So the, the yeah. number of seats that are up, or the, you know, the third of the seats that are up, are uh, it's lots of Democrats that need to defend seats, and right. the Republicans yeah. that are up for re-election are pretty safe. Yeah. The House, I think they can take, maybe. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. That has to be a big wave election. That's a, that'd be a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. See, this isn't as fun as serious. Stupid no. <laughs> you know who's fun? Jared Kushner. He's fun. He is fun. <laughs> in like a preppy khakis and... And a flak jacket? And a flak I, I couldn't think of the word. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so the big story with Jared Kushner this week is that uh, apparently there's about... Well, first of all, Jared Kushner is now running basically everything. We thought it was... So wait, let's go over what all he's running. Iraq. <laughs> the Middle East peace. Streamlining government. Yes. Mm-hmm. The opioid epidemic. Yes. Canada. <laughs> and Mexico. And Mexico. <laughs> And so he took, uh, yeah, last, it was earlier this week or late last week, he took a trip to Iraq and had this, it was a secret trip to Iraq and had this meeting with all these individuals there. Oh, and uh, and that's where the flak jacket picture was. You know, they showed It wasn't him. just that he was in a flak jacket. It was like, he, just, it, he was like, like straight out of Ralph Lauren well, catalog. Yeah, like, he looks like he's and posing right. and then out, the like, it was on a frame, but I just imagine having like a Louis Vuitton bag like, behind <laughs> right, right. the soldiers with the buzz cuts and, you know, that yes. didn't look uh, like a bunch of pussies. Uh, so, okay, so he was, he was in Iraq and then there was a, there was a picture that was taken of... Kushner and the U.S. delegation on one side of the table and the Iraqi delegation on the other side of the table. And next to Kushner, to his right, was Trump's former bodyguard. Mm. So this guy, and, and he was not sitting there in bodyguard role. He's now been elevated to being sitting, sitting at the table for these major deliberations mm. with Jared Kushner, which for me is a... The threat is that real. He needs to be there. <laughs> to be right there. And I think he was someone right. on the other side of the table could easily have stabbed him. And everybody else, everybody else is in ties and dressed up nicely. And the bodyguard, like had like some kind of switch suit on or something. Uh, all right. So Jared Kushner now, who appears to be uh, maybe the most powerful individual in the administration, and Steve Bannon, who we thought was uh, President Bannon, has now been removed from the National Security Council. That's a big thing, uh, and it suggests that there's okay. a power struggle within the Trump administration, knife fighting behind the scenes, and Bannon is might be losing. And and here, big some, one over there. Some of oh, the, it's in the fridge. Uh-huh. Sorry, in the freezer. In the freezer. <laughs> yeah. So some of the um, some of the I guess the reports I haven't read all the details. The reports are that Bannon's out largely at Kushner's urging. Yes. Right. Yes. And yeah. that Bannon was upset about this. That uh, of course he was. And the administration he referred to Kushner as a globalist, <laughs> right? Which I, I, love I, that. I think that's alt right for Jew. Right. right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah. So, so I came back for that one. Steve Bannon was not not appreciative of this, and apparently f- tried to fight it uh, and lost that fight. And again, yeah, it was. It appears it was initiated by Kushner, and then the administration made the argument that the only reason they were removing Bannon is that they put him there to watch Michael Flynn, mm. because they felt like he wasn't uh, competent enough to be the national security advisor. What? Which seems like a reason it's for insane. not appointing him right. to be the national security advisor. <laughs> so I, I think that's pretty hollow, but still, uh, yeah. The Trump administration I, is has so much behind-the-scenes bureaucratic knife-fighting. Well, and there was a report today that there were there are stories going around that Trump might be in the thinking about a major shakeup, including 
moving Bannon and Reince Priebus out of their current yeah. positions. Mm. I suspect he's just going to flip them. <laughs> Bannon's, Bannon's the new chief of staff, right. and Priebus is the right. new strategic advisor. Well, or whatever. It is chief important, strategist. important to know that Bannon, while removed from the National Security Council, keeps all of his security clearance. Right. right. Has 24 hour access to the Oval Office. Yes, right. He's still in Trump's ear all the time. Apparently, he's still sitting in on some of those meetings. Well, that's what I heard. Yes. Like He was part of it, but he never attended a meeting. Yeah. But he's going to keep attending meetings. Right. Even though he's never been to one. So the picture of the situation room, I showed it to you today yes. during the missile strikes last night. I don't know if you saw it. The, the picture going around. The Mar-a-Lago one? No, this was the, I don't, I don't know if, I think yeah. it was in the actual, was it in Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, because they're down there now, yeah. Oh, okay. So they were in like gold chairs. Or like, I think that it was, they were like gold wedding paying, chairs or something maybe. like that. Yeah. I was just paying attention to who was in the room. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting mix because Bannon was there, yeah. Kushner was there, and the photo that was released, Kushner's just staring down Bannon. I don't know if that's why he's actually looking, but he has this look of... Yeah. But, like, what what the hell is the Treasury Secretary doing right, in on this? Right. On the, like, why? And the pre, like, press secretary, like, just a random mix of people in this room while they're making... while they're watching missile strikes. It, it feels like this administration is so disjointed in terms of having big personalities. There's no common messaging. So, you know, I think there were many reasons to critique the Obama administration and how they were, like, so on messaging and over-micromanaged. But the Trump administration is the exact opposite. You know, Nikki Haley is saying things at the U.N., which Trump is contradicting himself. Uh, And then, you know, Bannon says things, Kushner says things, and they they all... Mattis is off doing his own thing. Right, and at some point... Tillerson's asleep somewhere. Right, right. (laughs) Tillerson hates his job. He just hates it. Oh, it's just... Oh, you got a got a good beer for us, Nick? Yeah. So, um, should we talk about our beers and then have this beer? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, Look at this quick up. All right. So, Phil, do you want to start? Sure. So, my first beer, Phil is showing the beer to the people on Facebook. Was a uh, a burrito, which is from Oscar Blues Brewery, which is a Colorado brewery. I'd had this, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I remembered liking it. I saw it in the store and picked it up. Great. It's like a good summer beer. It's like a Mexican lager, but it's Mm. not, it was like, it's kind of dark. Like it's not, it's more than just a, more than just your Corona or whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then the second one that I'm almost finished off here is uh, Radio Free Pills from Wild Onion Brewery in Lake Barrington, Illinois. I don't know where that is. Where's Lake Barrington? Somewhere? It's in Illinois. Yeah. It's it's a a beautiful, beautiful lake. It's also it's fine. I like it. I like it too. I, I tend to if I were buying again, I'd go with the burrito. But uh, the radio free pills was was nice. So my uh, first beer was a Maisie American Pale Ale Pale Ale from Pollyanna. <laughs> you have trouble with your words. I do. Want. Yes, uh, Pollyanna Brewing Company out of uh, Lamont, Illinois, and uh, it was actually a very nice ale, kind of a lighter ale. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, my second beer. Was a Lagunitas Twelfth of Never Ale? It's delicious. It so was. Good. I, I'm telling that, that is this this it's so good. Just go and drink yes. this now. Uh, it is a. It was a fantastic beer. Really I, I've had lots of beers on this podcast. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of them. I think that was good. That one was the one that I was like, I could drink lots of this. Yes, I, I was. I was uh, sad that I finished it. Uh, it's like it's like a lighter <laughs> IPA or something. Yes. It's like, a, it's like if, a, if a lager and an IPA had beautiful, beautiful babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was yeah. That was a, this was a special beer. Yeah. Nick, so say yeah, okay. Um, first one I had was from Green Bush Brewing, which is out of oh Michigan. It was uh, Anger Indian Pale or India Pale Ale, mm. um, Black IPA, Black IPA, which looks like motor oil. But People are just it? making stuff up. Now. Yeah, it's just bullshit. <laughs> um, honestly, it, you would think it. I thought it was going to be very kind of flat and Guinness-like, it was relatively light for how dark it was. It hoppy? was kind of, kind of hoppy. <laughs> it was pretty hoppy. Um, the color, the, the appearance just looked yeah, strange. But yeah. I, yeah, I, but I good took beer. it down like a champ. It was All good. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> second one I had was from uh, Dark Horse Brewing, which is out of Michigan as well. Um, Rain in Blood Orange Pale Ale, which was awesome. Really? Um, yeah, really good. Did it have um, blood orange in it? Like it had blood orange, orange in it, huh. yeah. Um, lighter, um, I don't know, 
like a little bit of sweetness, um, but pretty pretty drinkable. Very easy, and clearly it's been gone for yeah. quite a while, so I'm, I'm okay with it. So, Nick, you brought in a big beer. I did! I brought yeah. in a big, fancy, expensive beer. Look at this, people. Um, this you should is, pour me a little bit. Of I'm it. going to do that. This is uh, just, just hold on, Phil. How am I supposed to tell people if it's good if you won't put any in my glass, Nick? All right, fine. Hold on. Um, this is from the Lost Abbey, which is from San Marcos, California. It's the Carnival Ale. Um, know, the description on the back was was I liked it. It was talking about like ancient Vienna. And, a good sound you got going. A, yeah, right? yeah, that's good. Yeah, sound Looks great. You want some of this? I'll milk? take some of this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very expensive. But more uh, to the point of getting something like this, this is the perfect size bottle <laughs> to get a wine bottle size straw from Gifts That Suck. These go straight in your wine bottle. And I didn't even realize that I could put it in my beer. It's perfect. Are you gonna, you're not going to drink beer through a, through a straw, are you? Right That's classy. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. It's fizzy. It's fizzy. <laughs> Good in theory, Ben. This right? is there. I was trying to find something that was related to politics in some way. The only one that they had in stock that was related to that was their Independence Day one. Nice. I like so it. the tag states, Happy Independence Day, the one with the British, not the aliens. <laughs> That's good so stuff. check out giftsetsuck.com. They have uh, lots of different uh, wine straws that can go directly in your beer bottle. For birthdays, bachelorette parties, weddings, new jobs, holidays, this various them, other things. This makes yeah. them basically our first official sponsor. They are our first official yes, sponsor. Great, yes. Yeah, so check that out right now and buy lots of them because we need to buy better equipment because this looks like a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to keep drinking out of this. We could me. use some more sponsors. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, what's the final topic we should hit on? Jerry, talk about your beer. Yeah, I did. I, I zoned yes. out for yeah. Well, it, it was oh, because we talked about how great that beer was. Right. I was reminiscing about right. how great it was. <laughs> it just right. Jesus Christ. Um, so we, there's other. St I mean, I, through all of this, there's still the ongoing Russia stuff. So yes. Nun Nunez has stepped away. Yes. Amid ethics investigations <clears throat> into his stuff, there's the China stuff. There's Susan Rice was. Can we talk okay. about Susan Rice? Sure. Yeah. So just because, can I, I like. Humor me a little bit, <laughs> we... especially between the Syria thing and the unmasking thing. Something's got to be said. <laughs> okay, so should we so should we tell the people what happened with Susan Rice? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. I'm oh, this is so. <laughs> okay, so the the ongoing story of whether the Obama administration was wiretapping the Trump transition, uh, the Trump campaign. Uh, this week, it was revealed. Uh, was it revealed through? Nunez, I'm trying to remember how this came out, but basically that um, the that Susan Rice had asked to unmask, which is basically reveal the name, the identity, yeah, yeah, or the, yeah, the identity of somebody who had not ex incidentally been picked up, incidentally, on an, right, on an otherwise legal. But somehow actually, she knew it was from the Trump campaign. Well, okay, <laughs> yes, she. I don't know if she did or not, but um, so. Yes, that the, there were individuals in the Trump campaign who whose names had been revealed uh, in this process, mm -hmm. uh, and Nunez and others were upset, and Trump accused her of committing a crime, uh, and so adding her to the list uh, with Obama, who potentially should go to jail for this. Um, so, so Nick, so this is this bothers this you. bothers you. So let's let's go into the process yeah. of unmasking, mm. shall we? Mm -hmm. So. In the massive amount of data that gets collected by the intelligence agencies of the United States to protect citizens' uh, privacy, their people are labeled whatever, American number, right. whatever, right. something. And then someone within the intelligence uh, community, or in this instance, the administration, goes, yeah, I'd like to know more about these people, and gets to see their actual names and, and uh, personal information. Only it's only if the well, I don't know if it would be the FBI or whoever's in charge of the wiretaps agrees that it was relevant. Yes. Yeah. So someone agreed that it yeah. was relevant. Yeah. But we don't know who. Right. <laughs> and, and it was somehow related to the Trump campaign prior to Trump winning the election, and it was specifically focused on those individuals. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I get like Nick, Nick, I get you think you think something's up, right? And I and I she went on she went on national news outlets and said that this never happened. That there was no spying. There was no sort of you know duplicitous goings on with but towards the is, Trump administration. I'm asking is legal though. Yes, it is yeah, legal. Yeah. Right. I will be the first one to say that it's legal. So, it's almost unheard of and in my opinion exceedingly unethical in the midst of a, a presidential campaign. election. See, my impression is that it's not unheard of. It's actually quite regular. Okay. So here's I, I don't but I don't know. I mean this Go is not, I'm not so <laughs> no, I so I think I think there's two possibilities here, right? There's a possibility that that something, you know, funky did happen, mm-hmm. right? Funky. Uh, I, know, I know. <laughs> there's also the possibility that this is so uh, yeah, I think I thought that was coming out of your phone. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. The, the other possibility is think, so put yourself, let's, let's fast forward four years, mm-hmm. right? And Hillary Clinton is running for president again. And is like, as a robot, looking, as a looking robot, really, yes. really good. Like she might, put her brain in another body? She <laughs> might win. And at this, in, in the process, Trump administration people come across intelligence that she's like talking to... Russian agents or whatever, sure. right? Like, it, it's it's a tough position to be in. But if you're the if you are in charge of, in you know, national intelligence or security, right? Like, if that's actually happening, if the Trump administration is actually talking to Russians, then it's her job to find that out, right? Like, it's it's awkward, but it's but why it's didn't not, she report on it then? What do you mean? I mean, the, she was clearly getting information on these people. Was there nothing to report on, or was she just... But those reports might be public, though. Right. Okay. Yeah. But so she my, should have been... Uh, my, not necessarily public, but... I'm sure there's a report on all of it, right? Sure. And I would... If we would... That'd be fantastic to see. Yes. If my impression from stuff that I have seen or read is that if anything... If all of this were made public, the reaction that m- many people would have would be, why the hell did the Obama administration not come out with right. some of this? So mm-hmm. if anything, it was... The error was like the like the over again. Yeah. It's like Syria, right? This like overly cautious, like we don't want to wade into something we're not. So I, it, it's yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, it's I, it's it's bad. Like, I totally. Yeah. It, 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 both sides are going to be pissed, right? Because why didn't they come forward with this stuff if you think that right, that's Trump is terrible? And, and realistically, Trump is great. if there was something that was within that data that suggested that there were really deep ties to the Russian government or elements of the Russian government and you are you're legally able to gather that information and then report on it to someone either within the intelligence mm-hmm. community or someone within the admi- administration why the fuck wouldn't you say something so, I mean, that, which makes that, me think that they didn't have that much or the right, counter right. to it is yeah. like you should be really proud right like yeah. that that they found all this stuff and they went to the Obama administration so there was a story yesterday or day before that the CIA briefed the Obama administration back in like August about very early yeah, yeah. About, so they the Obama administration knew about all of this all along and so if anything you should be like impressed by their restraint yeah that they're not gonna do so one way to look at it is why they have this information. Another way to look at it is they have all this information and yet they stayed out of the political thing. Like they didn't they didn't make statements that could alter the election. They tried to stay out of it. I wouldn't want a, a, a candidate or potential presidential candidate have the possibility of being in office if there were that kind of nefarious international ties. Right. You're the and but realistically, no, but, I'm. But wait, wait. But the, everyone knows here that I'm not a giant fan of the last administration. No, 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 I agree. But at the same time, that's the administration. Like that's your job. So, but 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 that seems counter. Like it seems contradictory to what you were saying earlier. So oh, you're so. mad that Susan Rice is unmasking these things, but at the same time, you're also saying you're pissed that they didn't come out with this information. I'm saying that they didn't have that much information to come out with in the first place. At least on those calls, right? Those calls may not have been... And the fact that it seemed suspiciously like they specifically knew how to target or who to target within the administration. Isn't it possible that they, un, that part of the process... I don't, I don't know enough about what all happened, but isn't it possible that as part of the process of investigating this, they unmask people to figure out what's going on and then figure out there's not enough to say anything right. about, in which yeah. case they've done their job and... 
and it wasn't used. It's an expensive issue. So, <laughs> you look so skeptical. <laughs> the thing for me is that so you've had both uh, intelligence operatives on both the left and the right. Like Michael Hayden has come out, former CIA director, and said, "There's nothing here. Unmasking right. happens all the time. Right. This is not a story." Uh, and again, if we trace this all the way back, this goes back to Trump's fake, not fake. Just bizarre Careful. tweet that Obama was wiretapping. It was a real tweet. It was a real tweet. Part of me is angry about this. Part of me enjoys the story and enjoys that we can follow this and talk about it each week. But think about all the time and energy, and in some ways careers, because Devin Nunes, his career is in the toilet now because he no, decided to no. hitch his wagon to Donald Trump and say, I'm going to run to the White House in the middle of the night and report something that the White House gave to me. I mean, yeah. I don't know. All not of this, a big loss, I'm claiming. No, but... <laughs> loss of Devin Nunes, not a big loss. But talk about a distraction oh, and a waste of time yeah. when there's nothing here. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, it's it's I frustrating. St- I still come back around to the Russia scandal is important. But I think the bigger story or scandal is the... Corruption sounds like yeah. uh, harsh, but it's corruption, right? Like that that sure. that, that Jared Kushner and Ivanka yeah. are now in. That Trump uh, altered the trust. I don't know if you saw yes. that story that came out. Altered the terms of his trust this week. It came like it was so very he below radar. Cash. He can take money out of his trust anytime. That's not a that's no. that's not a blind trust. No. Like so, he's not running his business, but his sons are, and yeah. any profit that's made, he can accept at any time, right? right? right. Like. Sure. That he's going to his own businesses like and donate to the park service. Right, right. <laughs> that guy's face is fantastic. Oh, the receiving so the check. pissed. Oh. So yeah, I mean, in my mind, that's the bigger like. So if you wanted to, if you hated Trump and wanted to impeach him, yeah, Russia is not the way to do that right now. There's like straightforward like corruption stuff that you could impeach him yeah, on if you it wanted. It depends on how much. It depends on what is in the Russia story. If it was. I think eventually we'll find out whether there's real. It's gonna come out. Right? Eventually. Is it was it just some like innocence, like but inappropriate conversations, right. or was there some collusion? Devious, we'll right. learn one way or the other. I do think that Democrats and the media in general need to be careful to not obsess on that one story. Yep. I agree. In lieu of all the other things that are going on. Yep. Important issues. I, yeah. I don't know. Like between was not the case at all, which makes me completely question. Anything else that she said. Never trust the Russians. No. Oh. Right. That was her first mistake. Right. I, I just, I, I, no, I, 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 it, yeah. All of that is, know. it's, yeah. And I had a story and I couldn't find it. That's and I'm very upset about it. Anything else this we should, should hit on? Good. This is a good beer. There's so much stuff that we can talk about, but I had, I've had, uh, I had a cocktail before we ever even started. Yeah. I've had two and a half beers now and I can't remember anything. Right. No, I think no. Uh, they gave up on this. Like, yeah, I don't really in. blame them. That was all right. How, how long are we? How are we doing on a time? Over For a little over an hour. Well, that could be good. We we can cut it. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> we should do. We should we should plug our Facebook. Yeah. So um, yeah, check us out on Facebook uh, at Barstool Politics. Where you can watch this if you want. Uh, yeah. You can watch this on there. And we'll yeah. probably do this more often. Because now I know that we can use the, uh, when fiddling around with the settings, one, yeah. we can use the green screen and get like an actual screen grab of you on there and not have to deal with the speaker and things Great. like that. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably do that more. Um, Twitter is at Barstool Paul still. Yep. yep. Uh, we don't have the clout to hunt down the piece of shit who has barstool it's not politics. really the clout so much as the the, the, the stick to it right, right, to hunt right. them down yes. can you please change that um, don't forget the email barstoolpolitics at yahoo.com which has been getting some action like people email from time some to time <laughs> and again uh, use that email for sending us beer suggestions because we love them and they're they're great and yeah. we see if, if you send them and we can get them in the Chicago area we certainly do So or just send them yeah, yeah. You mail us beer. That'd be great. Preferably sealed. Yeah. Just put it, take it to the mail, right. the post office, and write barstoolpolitics at <laughs> yeah. yahoo.com. Right. It'll get to us. It. It'll find us one way or the other. They know who we are. Yeah. Um, and then you can find us on our individual Twitters and whatnot. All of that information is on the Facebook page, I think. Um, I think on the Twitter page as well. On the Twitter page as well. Yeah. Uh, anything else? God, a short one. This is good. Yeah, I'm good with yeah. it. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you, gentlemen. Still yeah. Out. Cheers. Good, good to have us in the same room. Yeah. yeah. I guess stop recording right now.